Well, as you look ahead to the next 12 months, I wonder what feelings you're experiencing. Excitement, anticipating good things, or maybe fear, anxiety, depression, even dread. I wonder how many are facing challenging situations, severe trials, needing a miracle. Some of you may be thinking, how on earth am I going to get through the coming days, weeks, months, years? Life on planet earth is tough. It's really tough. If you don't find it tough, you are very blessed. We are all, t- all of us are going to, at times, we face mountains that loom larger than we are. Has anyone ever had one of those? Yeah. About six of us. The rest of you are mightily blessed, all right? It's just to be thankful to God, all right? Just put an extra offering in on the way out because you don't face any mountains. But some of us do. Um, many of us face valleys that seem too deep, just too deep to get through. Add to that low self-esteem, insecurity, past rejection, maybe a difficult upbringing, even abuse. I can identify with some of the things that I've mentioned this morning because my life and my wife's life, Adrian, has not been all plain sailing from the time we entered this earth. There's been some amazing challenges and difficulties. So the question I've got to ask this morning is, with all that bad news, (laughs) is there hope? Well, the answer is, yes, indeed, there is. Romans 15, verse 13 says, May you abound, or may the God of hope fill you with hope. The biblical definition of hope is the steady, confident expectation of good. So with God in our lives, we can have a confident expectation of good through the coming year And the years. Tell yourself, I'm going to enjoy blessings that leave me astounded. Claim Psalm 23, verse 6 Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That is God's will for you. That is God's word declared for every person in this auditorium today. Expectation is just another word for faith. And we need to renew our minds. According to Romans 12, verse 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Fill it with God's word. So let's look at how we can overcome the toughest trials and challenges. Come with me to Romans 5 and verse 17 for our verse today, which says, For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Would you say that last bit with me? Will reign. Will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Will reign. Tell the person next to you, you will reign in life. Well, the reality is you can. You can, despite all the challenges, that is amazing grace that we can reign through the challenges that we face. Now, Paul wrote these words, and he had it harder than most. In fact, in Romans 8, he speaks of his hardships. He speaks of his persecutions, his famine, his nakedness, uh, the sword, his danger. Then he says, for your sake, we face death all day long. Imagine facing all that. Imagine just going through those incredible trials, not just, you know, once in his lifetime. This was right throughout his lifetime. 
faces trials beyond what most of us would experience. And then he makes this astonishing statement. In Romans 8, 37, he says, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. If I'd faced the struggles that Paul had faced, I reckon there's a good chance I would have given up. I would have called it a day, and I thought, man, this is just too difficult. So how did Paul do it? Well, he wasn't superhuman. He wasn't superman. You ever see a photo of Paul, which you won't, or a drawing? He's not going to be wearing a superman outfit. He, he was no superman. He was just like you and me. Exactly the same, like passions, like struggles. And yet, despite trials more than any of us, most of us would face, he can say, I am more than a conqueror. So how on earth did he do it? And how will you be more than a conqueror? Well, the truth is this. The good news is this, Paul didn't do it. He actually didn't do it because he couldn't do it. Those trials were bigger than him, bigger than what a normal human being could endure or get through successfully. So Paul did not do it. The answer is found, and nor can you, by the way, the answer is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, which says, By the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. Romans 5, 17, we just read, Those who receive abundance of grace, there's your key, will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The key for Paul was the grace of God. The grace of God made him more than a conqueror. That same grace is available to you and available also to me. Now, people all over the world know the word grace simply because they sing the song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound, but they have no idea what they are singing about. Most people don't actually know what grace is and what grace means. So let's define what grace is. It's the supernatural ability of God to be victorious in every situation. Can I repeat that? It's the supernatural ability of God to be an overcomer or victorious in every situation you will ever face in life. You have to start to believe that by God's grace, you can be and will be an overcomer in every challenge, in every trial, in everything that the devil throws at you, you can be an overcomer. That's a meaning. Here's another definition of grace. The empowering presence of God that enables you to be who he created you to be and to do what he called you to do. So if he called you to be a dad, he's given you all the grace you need to be a phenomenal dad. If he's called you to be a mum, he's given you all the grace you need to be a tremendous mum to the kids that have come your way. That's the grace of God. You see, you don't have to do it in yourself. You do it with God's help. That's the key to Christianity. See, grace was everything to Paul. He couldn't stop talking about it. He's called the apostle of grace. He calls his message the gospel of God's grace. In, two, in the New Testament, two-thirds of the time that grace is used, it's used by Paul. He understood grace more than anyone else. His letters often open with grace and peace, and they close with it as well. Brian Bailey, that 
prophet of God that many of you would know, he had a vision, one of the most amazing visions he ever had. And he said it discontinued for five days. Five days. Imagine that, Jesus kind of appearing to you for five days, nonstop. I don't know if it was all day, every day, but it continued to five days. And he said for five days, Jesus only said one word to him. You can guess what that word was. Grace. 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 Day one. Day two, grace. Grace. Day three, grace. Grace. Day four, day five, grace. 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 And he realized that the message that God was given, now hear this well, church, if you're listening on the TV or internet or wherever you're listening, just hear this really carefully. The Christian life can only be lived successfully, or life itself can only be lived out successfully by the grace of God. You can't do it. You, it's impossible. But God's grace, you're going to see today, is more than enough for you in every situation that you face. So the message was, you're saved by grace. We know that. You didn't do anything to get saved, apart from respond. You serve God by grace. You're kept by grace. You overcome by grace. You finish by grace. I want to suggest a prophetic word for the coming year and years is this amazing grace. Amazing grace. Just want to get, get that into your spirit for today, for every day. Amazing grace. God, I can't do it, but with you I can. God, I can't get through this, but with your grace I can. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Ephesians 4, 7, to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, God has given us all the exact amount of grace that we need for our personal life and our circumstances. I remember praying recently for a person that was really struggling. I mean, they were in tears, just crying, and I was trying to console them. And uh, they were just facing a really difficult situation. And I just, just as I was... I think I just began to pray for them. I can't remember. I was just talking to them. I began to pray for them. And God gave me a verse of scripture. Clear as a bell. Found in 1 Corinthians. Let me get that right for you. 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, sorry. 12 verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. And so I said, I just said, I spoke that out to that person. God, my grace. God is saying his grace is sufficient for you. And sure enough, that person came through that situation with flying colors it was amazing. They were just absolutely victorious in that situation. But the thing is, friends, it wasn't that person. It was the grace of God that helped them in that situation, which seemed like a, a real, really a dead end and a, a difficult situation. And I've faced some very difficult times in, in my life and in serving here at, at Church Unlimited. And I've felt at times, you know, I've been right on the edge of, gosh, God, I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I want to keep going. I don't know if I can keep this thing going. And uh, it's it, those times, those seasons, fortunately not too many of them, but they were, they were tough. They were really, really, really tough. <laughs> you would not know, most of you would not know how tough it, was, it has been at times. And I look back sometimes today and look back and I think, God, how in heaven's name did I ever, ever keep going, especially keep preaching, keep leading and doing all the things that I do. 
And as I look back, I now know the answer. You see, it wasn't me. It was the grace of God. Because God gave me grace according to the measure of what he has called me to do. So no matter how tough it gets, how difficult it gets, the grace of God is more than enough. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 speaks about the manifold grace of God, which means God has provided for each of us the specific aspect of God's grace that we need in the trial that you're facing today. So I've shared with this with you before, but I think you'll like to hear it again. So if you look at your left hand, you wriggle your thumb, that is a middle-sized trial. This one's a big trial. This is a huge trial. That's a small trial, and that's a tiny trial. So there's five colors of trial that you're facing. You've probably got a trial in each of those areas. (laughs) Hopefully you haven't got too many in the huge area. Then you go to your right hand. That's middle-sized grace. That's large grace. That's huge grace. That's small grace. That's tiny grace. Put them together. For every trial, God has provided exactly the grace you need to be more than a conqueror. More than an overcomer. I so want you to receive this into your spirit today. That throughout the rest of your life, the rest of your days, for everything you face, God has provided exactly the supernatural power, the supernatural strength, the supernatural anointing for you, not just to be a conqueror, not just to get through, but more than, more than a conqueror. Nothing is too hard for you because God is in you. You know, there's a fantastic promise in Isaiah 41 verse 10, which says, I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. Do you know who makes this promise? I mean, I might say, hey, Bruce or whoever, I'll strengthen you. I know you're going to go through a tough time, but I'm going to strengthen you. I'll be right there with you. And this is not me speaking. (laughs) This is God himself. When God says, I will strengthen you, this is the God who upholds the universe. This is the one who sustains a burning sun, who calms the storms, who controls the oceans, is omnipotent, is all-powerful, has unlimited power. He says, I will strengthen you you. He says, I will. I will strengthen you. When God says, I will, in the story, this is not the promise of a man. This is not a promise of a leader. This is not a promise of a president. (laughs) This is the promise of God himself. If he says to you today, I will strengthen you. It is a guaranteed 100% promise that cannot fail if you will receive it into your heart by faith today. Tell the person next to you, God will strengthen you. Yeah. God will strengthen who? You. You. Not the person next to you. Not the person behind you. Not the person on the platform. God will strengthen you because he cares about you as an individual, as a person. You're not a number upon the planet. You are created in the image of God. God gave his life for you. You're worth over $74 trillion. We've sold you that before. 
God will strengthen you. He doesn't say, I'm just going to strengthen everybody. No, he wants us to nail it right down to personally to you. God will strengthen you. Acts 4.33, with great grace, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Have you ever wondered how the apostles did what they did? They turned the world upside down, but they were persecuted. Half of them were, you know, were killed in some way and lost their lives, and either by the sword or the cross or whatever. You read through their lives and you think, my goodness, how do they keep doing it? Well, it's very clear, isn't it? With great grace. That's how they did it. And that's how you're going to do everything God's called you to do, with great grace. Great grace. It's going to be upon you to fulfill the plan of God. You see, these were ordinary people doing amazing things by God's grace. Now, you're an ordinary person. We're all ordinary. Some of us think we're more than ordinary, but we're not. We're all ordinary. There's no superstars, really. Relative to when God looks down, I don't think he looks at this one saying, man, well, pow, wow, what amazing, this oh, average. And he made them all. He made them all. And he didn't make any bad, bad deals here. There's no junk when God comes to God. You're made in the image of God, okay? So you're up with the best of them, all right? And so God loves you, he cares for you, and by God's grace, you can do everything he has called you to. An ordinary person, This year, do amazing things. You say, I can't. No, you can't, but by God's grace, you can. Do amazing things. Whatever God's called you to do in the workplace, in the home, in the community, in the church, His grace is available for you to do it exceedingly well, exceptionally well. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. It's a real Bible study this time, isn't it? 9 verse 8. Hope you don't mind Bible. Is it, are we still allowed to have Bible in church? Is, like, good, all right. Just, just checking. You won't want people to say, oh man, all he does is talk about the Bible. Why does he give us some of his own ideas for a change? 9 verse 8. God is, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Hey, there's another promise, isn't there? It's not only, oh, grace, thanks, pastor, there's a great message on grace, but I don't think I can get it. No, no, God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. You know, I know of two people, you know, may know both of them as well. Both of them have bad stutters. So, God being God, <laughs> He speaks to both of these with bad stutters. <laughs> I want you to preach my gospel. Like, get real? If you've got a stutter, you know, do something in the background. Be a prayer warrior. Do something. The last thing that you want to be called to do is to preach and make a fool of yourself as you stutter away through your messages. But I know God knows that they can't preach well with their stutter, but by the grace of God, both of them are tremendous preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the grace of God. I honestly think we disqualify ourselves all the time because we think, I can't do that. Well, the fact is you can't do it. He's not asking you to do it by his grace. He's got to know what he's actually calling you to do. I have to prepare many sermons every year. And uh, I've been doing it for 30 years now. 
I started when I was five. But <laughs> when I get to the end of each year, it's the same every year. Last week in December, I'm thinking, my goodness, another whole year of sermons to prepare and to preach. And I think, God, I, I, I can feel inadequate. I can feel, oh, I just, I don't know if I can do it for another year. And then I remember that I didn't do it for the last 30 years. It was the grace of God. And he helps you. He helps me. I depend on his grace so much. He is, it's so awesome and he's never let me down. I trust he never will. Always look to God's supernatural ability in every area of your life. Every area. Don't exclude him from anything. Because he just loves to show himself off in that way. Remember the prophetic word? Amazing grace. Amazing grace. In three months' time, when you're going through a situation, just remember, amazing grace. In a year's time, when there's a struggle, that something hits you in the face, you're going to think, amazing grace. And the grace of God will get you through. The concert pianist, Padawiski, was about to play. A mother who wanted to encourage her child in playing the piano got tickets, seated near the front. So she got chatting, and the boy wanted off onto the stage. The stone piano, piano was already there to go. 8 p.m., the spotlights came on, and suddenly the mother realizes that her boy is on the stool at the Steinway piano playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. <laughs> the mother gasped, but before she could grab him, Padawiski comes up onto the stage, and he gets, goes right up behind the boy, stands behind him, and with his left hand, he starts to play this side of the keyboard, and then... With the other hand, he keeps, he plays this way, and he just keeps telling the boy, he says, don't stop, don't quit, just keep playing, just do what you can. And together, the master and the novice played a masterpiece that kept the crowd mesmerized. That's our lives, unpolished, inadequate, but the master surrounds us with himself, and with his grace, and together we're able to perform way beyond our abilities and our gifts. And as we're performing for him, he repeatedly whispers in our ears, you're doing good, keep going, don't quit, don't give up, I'm with you, I'll see you through, you will succeed. That's the God that we serve. But there's another aspect of grace I just want to touch on for a few moments because I think it's important. And that is, there is grace available to overcome every sin and weakness in our lives and be transformed by God. See, the grace of God can radically transform anybody. Anybody. I mean, hundreds of other testimonies. Romans 5.20 says, where sin increased or where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. See, we can look at our backgrounds. We can look at backgrounds of other people and we can see their weaknesses or our weaknesses and we think there's no way that we or they can live a victorious Christian life. There's just too much baggage. There's too much history. There's too many struggles. There's too many problems. They can never overcome those sins. They can never get over those addictions. They can never live a godly Christian life. But friends, that's contrary to what my Bible teaches. 
Because what my Bible says, where sin abounded, where abuse, dysfunction abounded, God's grace abounds all the more. If that were not true, it would be unjust of God to ask us to live godly lives. If it was impossible to, friends, by the grace of God, we can live godly lives. We have to believe that, reach out for that, and then by the grace of God, walk in and live a victorious life for God. And then 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, I fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. The grace of God to finish our course. Isn't it a great tragedy, friends, that so many Christians are not finishing the course? They're pulling out, it's got too tough, it's got too difficult, they've lost their way, they've got hurt, they've got offended, something has happened, and they're not finishing the course. They started the race, but they've tripped up on one of the laps. Instead of getting up and going, keeping on going, they've thought they've just called it a day, which I think is so tragic, because we will stand before God. There is grace available for you, no matter what you're facing today, to keep going and to finish your race. 1968, the Olympic marathon had just finished. You may remember the story. The medals were being given out. The announcers discovered there's still a runner from Tanzania out on the course. He'd had a nasty fall early in the race. He was bleeding. His muscles were cramping. He was suffering dehydration. But he would not quit until he finished the cross line. Hours later, he actually finally got there. The TV cameras were all there. The crowd stood. They cheered as he entered the stadium for the final lap. And eventually he finished the race. The reporters asked him this question. Why didn't you just quit when you fell and injured yourself and got hurt and seek medical care? This was his reply. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles just to start a marathon. They sent me to finish the marathon. God's called you and God's called me, friends, not just to start this Christian walk. And believe me, it is a marathon. And believe me, you will trip and you will fall and you will hurt yourself and you will need attention. But can I encourage you as we look forward into the future, come what may by the grace of God don't quit don't give up don't stop running your race don't surrender to the wiles of the evil one don't give in to the discouragements of the devil don't quit regardless of what happens. No matter how tough it gets, no matter how badly burnt you might be, don't ever 
ever give up. And I say that, friends, not just for your sake. But guess who's waiting at the finish line? It's Jesus himself. He's waiting for you at the finish line. And I believe he is more desperate than you are that you finish and that you cross the line. He went to the cross. He went to Calvary, not so that you would start the race, start the Christian life, but he went there, friends, that you would finish and that you would finish well for the glory of God. Can I suggest you just cry out to God for his grace and he will help you to finish and cross the line. Be a finisher, not just a starter. And when you're in the pit of despair and when we're wanting to call it a day, will you remember two words? Amazing grace. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. God in his amazing grace opened my heart to the gospel, for which I will be forever grateful. When billions across the planet, their hearts have never been opened. God knew me before the foundation of the world. I was chosen in him before time began. It is mind-blowing. It's the unfathomable, unfathomable grace and mercy of God that brings a person to salvation from an eternity in hell to an eternity in heaven. The greatest grace of all that you can receive and enjoy is the grace of God that brings salvation. We sing it, don't we? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. By God's grace, you can reign in life and always be more than a conqueror. And that is amazing grace. Amen?